Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 19 of Revelation chapter 6. We've been looking at Revelation 6.12 for some time now, and we're presently following the words, A Great Earthquake, the Megas Seismos in the Greek, and it has led us to Acts chapter 16, where there was a great earthquake in a city where Paul and Silas had been witnessing the gospel. And due to this witnessing, they end up in prison, in a dark dungeon. And while in the prison at the time of midnight, they were praying to God and singing praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. And that um, spiritually points to the gospel that came to the world, and as mankind lieth in darkness, and the praying and, and singing praises unto God is language pointing to the sharing of the word of God. They were witnesses. They were ambassadors for Christ as they entered into that prison, and they uh, they gave a good testimony for the Lord. And And while they were singing praises to the Lord, there was a great earthquake. And we um, saw in our last study how the language of a great earthquake identifies with May 21, with the day of the Lord. Revelation 6.12 is set in the context of the great day of the wrath of God, according to verse 17 of that same chapter. It identifies with a great earthquake occurring on the the beginning of the day of judgment, although it is not referring to a physical earthquake. That was a mistake that we made. Just as the sun, moon, and stars and the things that happened to them were were not physical, and we had previously understood that, we should have realized, well, the earthquake is spoken of in, in the same verse, So, of course, it won't be physical, but we did not. God did not grant us that understanding for his own purposes. And yet now we realize that a great earthquake did occur that brought about the fall of the city of Babylon, that in bringing down Babylon, uh, loosed the uh, dungeon, we could say, of Satan's kingdom, and all of the prisoners of God, everyone, everyone who was predestinated to salvation. And the Bible tells us this, that before the world began, God chose certain individuals, he predestinated them, to become saved. Now, the sins of these individuals were laid upon the Lord Jesus from the foundation of the world, as Christ died at that point. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and thereby God obligated himself and guaranteed that they would become saved as they would be born into the world in their particular time and generation throughout the history of the earth. And and one They were born before they died. They must hear the gospel. God obligated himself to that. And this was Satan's hope 
the uh, actually focus of the constant spiritual battle between the kingdom of darkness headed up by Satan and the kingdom of light headed up by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the point of battle had to do with these elect. Satan was doing everything he could think of to prevent the word from reaching their ears. And if it did reach their ears, he was doing everything he could think of to pervert and twist and confound and and to confuse and to try and prevent that person from hearing the true word. If they heard the true word, he wanted them to think it was false so that they would go away from it. And so he uh, sowed tares amongst the wheat during the church age. And, and wherever the gospel was found, Satan would have his emissaries and in the hope that perhaps if I can get um, a, a false gospel, if, if I myself can come looking like Christ as the beast uh, who who spoke as a lamb, according to Revelation 13, if my emissaries as emissaries of, of uh, righteousness can be convincing enough, then maybe we can draw one of these elect away from truth and therefore away from salvation and we'll, we'll just um, stall, we'll, uh, we'll try to get them so disgusted by the process and and so discouraged that they'll go away from the idea altogether. And if we can prevent just one of these elect from experiencing salvation, from having the blood uh, of Christ applied to them, then we would win the battle. That's from Satan's perspective. He would win. God would have... Um, quite a big problem on his hands. He has a sinner whose sins were paid for by the law of God, and yet the salvation, the atoning work of Christ, had never been applied to his heart. He never became born again, and he, as a result, died in his own sins. Oh, that that would have been the uh, unthinkable. That that would have been something that uh, Satan could uh, certainly use and and accuse God himself that, that God's whole salvation program was a failure. And, and so this was the point of the battle where the battle lines were drawn, the spiritual battle that raged down through the centuries of time, right up until the the time when God ended his salvation program. And and so Satan was trying to keep these sinners, and they they were not saved, so they were uh, in their sin, as we read in Ephesians chapter 2. This is, this is speaking of an elect who had not yet been redeemed, had not had the blood of Christ applied to his life or heart, in time, and it says in Ephesians 2, 1, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of 
disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, that's basically saying we were held captive in the dungeon of sin and and ensnared to the devil, just like everyone else. And yet, we were elect. We were chosen and predestinated to receive the salvation of God. And, and so Satan was fighting, desperately fighting to keep us in the prison, to keep us in his kingdom of darkness and not to allow us to be transferred or translated, is a better word, out of that kingdom and into the kingdom of God's dear son. But when, um, the, the end came, when God began to evangelize the world a second time with the outpouring of the latter rain during the little season of the great tribulation. And once God determined to send forth the warning message of judgment day occurring on May 21 and God, um, arranged for this word to be heard in a way that was unparalleled in the entire history of the world. Never before in the world's history had a message of judgment from the Bible reached the ears of practically every human being in the world through um, through the people of God carrying tracts and, and sharing uh, verbally, or through the people of God um, pulling their resources together, and and uh, sending forth a broadcasted message over radio and internet and satellite, or through the people of God setting up billboards in the furthest and remotest places imaginable, or through the people of God putting advertisements in newspapers and 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 then the news media picking it up. It it was a declaration, a proclamation of a message from the Bible the world had never seen ever before. And God used it to attract the attention of these sinners held fast in the stocks, in the bonds, in the dungeons of sin and Satan. And God now said, Now is the time. Seek him while he may be found, for the day is fast coming in the which I will shut the door of heaven. And and the Lord stirred up these individuals and, and drew them quickly to himself and saved them by his word, and immediately they were delivered. Now, now the entire company of the elect, all whose names were recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, were rescued and delivered out of the kingdom of Satan, before God shut the door on May 21, 2011. And that's why we read of this great earthquake in Acts chapter 16. Let me read again in Acts 16, verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, 
he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. The Lord saved every one of the prisoners. This is a similar statement, in a sense, to to the uh, prisoners that were on the ship. If you remember in Acts chapter 27, there was a ship with 276 prisoners, and the ship became shipwrecked. Now that ship represented the New Testament churches and congregations. But the prisoners were uh, were pictures of God's elect that were delivered from the shipwreck. They made it all safely to the land, the island of Malta or Melita, and and they are a picture of all those that God uh, would deliver out of the churches and congregations. Well, they were just prisoners. Yes, they they were prisoners that um that represent those held in in captivity to sin and satan but but God's elect were all prisoners at one time to satan but now in this uh historical parable in Acts chapter 16 those in this dark prison are representative of all the elect in the world who had had previously been held captive to their sins, and to the devil, now were loosed. But, uh, incredibly, after all being loosed, and the keeper of the prison came in, expecting them all to have been fled, the, the assurance is given to the keeper of the prison, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And this um, relates to what happened on May 21, we had a misconception. We had uh, thought that God's people would be raptured, that we would be taken out of the world before judgment would come on the unsaved of the world. We, we did not think it was possible that God would leave his people on the earth in the day of judgment. You know, th- this is a similar misconception to those that have thought that God would not bring judgment on the churches, uh, on the congregations, uh, until the believers were, were taken out of the world, or that the Great Tribulation would not come unless the believers were removed first. Well, uh, we, were, we were corrected of that misconception, and we realized, no, God's people will go through the Great Tribulation. We, we will not be taken out of the, the earth but we will we will be here and live through it. Well, now we've learned something additional, that it is not God's plan, it never was, to take his people out of the world and, and for them to uh, be in heaven while he punished the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. But rather it is God's plan to leave his people in the world and in order to try them, for one thing, to see if they are truly his people, to see if they will uh, trust his word during the, this time of a fiery trial of their faith, and and other purposes too. And so we have learned this, and we can see 
from this historical parable in Acts chapter 16, that the prisoners are all free, but the prisoners go nowhere. They do not leave the prison. And this world is, um, in a sense, just like that prison. It is the place where darkness was. It is the place where we were held in captivity to our sins and and we were bound uh, at Satan's will. And yet we have all now been freed and we are still here. Now the Lord uses the fact that Paul and Silas and all the prisoners went nowhere or did not escape as a means to bring about the salvation of the keeper of the prison and his family. And how are we to understand this? Well, let's read in Acts 16, in uh, verse 29, Then he called for a light and sprang in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he in all his straight way. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Well, how are we to understand this? If this great earthquake is typifying what God did on May 21 and releasing all the captives, well, why... Uh, is this this jailer and his family why are they professing belief and 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 salvation well because this is all a result of what god has done god saved everyone and and this again is a historical parable but it cannot give us every single detail it's teaching us that as a result of that great earthquake as a result of God opening up the prison, that this will impact those like the jailer and his family. In other words, that there is a purpose for uh, the believers typified by Saul and um, the apostle Paul and Silas and the rest of the prisoners for them to remain on the earth after the great earthquake occurs, after they have been freed from sin or saved, and that is to be a blessing to others that likewise were saved prior to God shutting the door to heaven. And this is just the consequences of that earthquake. And and so we have learned that it is God's plan that the true believers, those that were saved, by his grace and freed from Satan's dungeon that we are called upon to feed sheep. We are called upon to share the information, the truths of the Bible that we've learned uh, as God has opened them up at the time of the great tribulation and now into the day of judgment. We are called to share these things with them so that they might also come to a realization that they have been freed spiritually from their sins. It is not that they are going to become saved, but it is really a result. 
It is a consequence that they have already been saved, that God has already loosed their bands. When he opened up the prison doors, he he did a work all around the earth uh, with everyone that was uh, held fast in Satan's kingdom. So this is really a, a wonderful picture God is giving us of the great salvation that he accomplished in saving all of his elect. And I, I, I just like to say, as some um, speak with disdain uh, concerning the Bible's teaching at this time, oh, there's no more salvation, and, and they would uh, say of anyone sharing these things that God has shut the door to heaven and put out the light of the gospel, that that there are no salvation teachers, and they they say it, it, it <laughs> if they they could they would spit it out. It, it it's such an ugly thing to them. No salvation, and and it is really spoken with um, absolute disdain. And yet, what the Bible is teaching and what God's people are privileged to share is not. Uh, just the message that there's no more salvation, that is true. There is no more salvation in the world at this time, and if we're to be faithful to the word of God, we must share that. But that is just um, a small part of the story of what God has done. There is no more salvation because he has accomplished his salvation program. Because he has saved everyone who was to be saved. It actually uh, is a time of the greatest of victories, the greatest of triumphs. The Lord Jesus is exalted as the victorious Lamb of God that that has saved uh, his people. He, he obligated himself to save them and guaranteed they would be saved, and now he has accomplished what he said he would do. This is not a small thing. It, it is a most glorious thing. Uh, there, there, there is, uh, we could say, not no salvation, but it is great salvation. It is salvation to the utmost that God has saved Every one of his elect, all whose names were written down in the Lamb's book of life, to be saved, have become saved. Well, what more can be done? What more can God do? What more would man have God to do to offer salvation when there there was uh, no possibility of it, just for the um, psychological uh, benefit of people so that they could feel good that there was some offer uh, of the gospel still available. Well, God had never concerned himself with the non-elect. God's concern has always been those that he chose to save. That is the entire purpose of the sending forth of the gospel throughout time, throughout the history of the world. It has been to find the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And now that all the lost sheep are found, well, 
are are we to say that this is somehow uh, in some way a failure because God is not gathering goats? No, the grace of God has uh, abundantly covered the sins of everyone that it was intended to cover. The mercy of God has abundantly been um, been bestowed upon all the sinners that God intended to have mercy upon. What more can be done? There is no more for the gospel of God to do. He has finished his salvation plan. And it is a time where he ought to be greatly praised and greatly honored and greatly glorified by his people.